okay? We are here for a divine purpose. We have been sustained supernaturally by the power of God. We're just a group of people who've fallen in love with God. We don't know how to do a whole lot. We don't know how to run churches and all that. God has just filled us with his wisdom, his understanding, and has placed us here for this purpose at this time. So I hope that you truly be attentive and truly try to fulfill your calling in God. Again, I think a lot of American Christians just think their calling is to attend church. Well, that's nice. I'm glad that you do attend church. We need you to. Uh, That's where you get fed. That's where you get stirred and filled with the things of God. But that's just not your calling. That's expected of you. It's your reasonable service. God tells you, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. And then from there, you get filled with the Word of God and start seeing your purpose and why you're here and why God has called you here to this place to join in with this corporate calling that God has for us as a church, which we call New Hope. So it's arise. And it comes from Isaiah 60, verse 1 and 2. It simply states this, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. This is what God wants to do to us and for us and through us. Now, I know that all Scripture is given by God. God breathed. All Scripture is supernatural. But there are a few times in my life, just a few now. Now, I've been saved since 1974, and I can't do the math that fast. What is that, 37 years or so? And a few times in my life that I actually felt the Word of God just leaped, like magnified, like just zoomed to me, a certain scripture or two in my life, not all the time. And so I'm not taking away from the Word of God. It is all supernatural. But these times in my life, the Word just leaped off the pages and into my heart and gave me something to hang on to in these in a desperate time that I was going through. And that scripture I just read to you was one of those times where it's saying, Arise, shine, for the light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And you'd think I'd be going, Yippee! Man, what a scripture! But it was one of the hardest points in my life. The most difficult time at that point in my life. <clears throat> I still remember, this was September 1979. Some of you probably weren't even born yet. In one of my darkest hours, 32 years ago, that God gave this to me. And at that time, I'm going, are you kidding me? I wasn't rejoicing. I was almost annoyed. And you might think, how sacrilegious. I was just at one of those points, low, and, and God comes with one of his, like, uh, nice promises. And I'm going, Really? Because that's just where I was. That's just being honest. We don't all live on top of the mountain all the time. And there it was, outward circumstances and pressures beyond measure. And God comes up with this scripture to me. And he proved it to me. He did it. 
And now I believe I'm being reminded by God again about that day that he did it in this verse for this church. Because if you look at this, it's 1979, and what I'm thinking is dark now is nothing compared to what, I mean, what I'm thinking was dark then is absolutely nothing what is dark now. Nothing. Oh my gosh. It's unbelievable in just those 30 years span what has happened and how, how the needle has gone so anti-God in our nation. So when it says, darkness shall cover the earth, back then I was saying, oh, amen, amen. And now it's saying, gross darkness, the people. And I see it. Gross darkness is upon the people, upon humanity, all over. So I believe God is wanting me to remind you that this is why you're here. This is why God has sustained us and planted us and at least has given us some assets to take care of, some tools to be able to use to further the kingdom of God, to do that which he has called us to do. This is part of it and you're part of it. And so God is saying it's dark, it's gross dark. And I want my people to arise, to arise in the middle of it, in the midst of the darkness and the gross darkness, and they'll see my light upon you. They'll see my hope upon you. You will give the hopeless a reason to hope. You will give those who are destitute and heartbroken a reason to believe. When, you, when the light of God shines upon you and there's nothing but darkness all around. God says, this is what I want. Don't expect God. Don't be praying, oh God, stop this doctor, stop this darkness, stop this growth darkness, bring back happy times. We're beyond that. Our nation has gone too far. It's too late in God's clock. Now it's time to arise in the midst of it. Now it's time to let people see the, the glory of God on your countenance. I'm not talking about some silly joy. I'm talking about a steadfast, holy joy. In love with God, no matter what, no matter how dark. Because you know, because you've read, you've been fed, and you have been filled for this moment for God to say, new hope, arise! In this time, and you'll come to your feet and let all those in darkness, destitute, the coldness of hopelessness. See the light of God on you. Not see you. See the light of God on you. This is what God wants. I believe this is why he put us right here on this road, that highway, to be seen. So God says, arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. That word glory means the brightness of God, the brilliance of God, the grandeur of God. God is saying, I want to use you to show the brightness and the hope that is in me amongst the darkness and the gross darkness. God is wanting to do this to you and I and this church because you are this church. The glory, the brightness, the brilliance, the grandeur. So those that are so far from the light of God will have a ray of hope. 
They will sit in darkness and they will see a light. And they'll be given opportunity to make their way to the light. Just like the star that God put in the sky when Christ was born. We've seen a a light in the sky and they made their way to it. And when they finally got to it, it was over top the Christ child, which is the hope. And when they get to this light, they're going to, oh, it's going to sit over top of you and you're going to bring them to Christ. Just like the Christmas star brought them. It'll be you, the brilliance and the grandeur and the brightness of God shining upon you. God wants you to use you and to stand up in this dark hour, gross darkness, when our nation makes wrong move after wrong move in the midst of what the church looks like. Because again, I am definitely believing what we call church, what we call Christians, God does not. He'll have his people to stand, and he will have his church in that day. Verse 2 says, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory, his brightness, his brilliance, his grandeur shall be seen upon thee. Absolutely seen upon thee. And when it's seen upon thee, no matter in the darkest place on this earth, that's why you're there, to shine. To be brilliant. The grandeur of God amongst all the muck of the world and the filth of the world. You stand unstained, unspotted. So that those who have a mind to will crawl through the muck and make their way to you. As they see God in your life. And the hand of God upon you. And the approval of God. Oh yes. That's why you're here. This is what you are to be. Verse 3 says, And the Gentiles, listen, see, here they come. The uns- and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Gentiles will come. People will see something. Someone might have been watching you for years now. And there may be about to just say something to you. How can you be this way? How come you never? How can you act still as they see the grandeur and the brightness and the glory of God upon you day in and day out? When the news gets worse and it gets darker, you're still faithful to the calling, still have the approval of God and the touch of God on your life. They're going to come to you by divine appointment. God's going to make them come. The Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. Remember, mind you, I got this in my deepest, darkest. I'm doing this. Oh, God. And I was. I was weeping. I had no answers. I had no answers at this time. No great plan to show my wife to give her confidence and assurance in my leadership. Weeping in the kitchen darkest time God speaks to me arise shine and I wanted to say really God just like now when everything seems to be going the wrong way every time you turn on the news Congress does something else dumb and you're like what's the use and God speaks to you and says arise 
Arise. Do you understand this is all God's plan? God's not trying to hurry up and counter their dumb moves. This is all God's plan. I didn't know they were doing that. No, this is all God's plan. God's plan. And it's time that the light is going to shine upon you and the sphere of folks that are around you that you have influence on. Whether their casual influences are very close, God is saying, okay, it's time to arise now. Let my light shine. So you can't be down today and up tomorrow and missing for a month and back in church and wondering and moaning. You've got to stay true to the calling of God. What light? No one's going to come to that light. That light is rampant out there. Good time today, not tomorrow. Nice time. Christmas is coming. It's over. Birthday's coming. It's over. Vacation, vacation. It's over. Up and down. They need a steadfastness. They need somebody to look to. In those places where you work, hopelessness, divorce running rampant, foul mouths, attitudes, bitterness, hatred, despising each other, you stand and let the brightness of God shine. See who God brings your way. So God says, listen, this is what the Lord do. He says, in the Gentiles, they're going to come to this light. They're going to come to it. Remember the dream I had umpteen years ago before any churches in my life? Woke up and told Ruth, oh my God, one of them where you woke up, uh, woke up sweating, <sighs> woke her up, she, I had a nightmare. And she's bumping me, saying, a nightmare? That was God. Where I, these zombies just kept, kept coming out of the darkness, ugly, horribly abused, looking people coming at. And I was, I think I was with Ruth, and I was just holding this lantern, this little lantern that could barely give up enough light. And we'd cross dead zombies, and all of a sudden they would get up and start coming at me. That's why I was saying it was a nightmare. But in my heart, my wife knew that we had a desire and a longing to start a church, and she was saying, no, no, that light is the Word of God. And when it crosses the dead, they're coming to life, and they're coming to you. That's what God's been doing. And that's what God wants to do in you. You are here to save souls. Not to just feed again today. Feed again at God's table and just indigestion and belch and you're going to start moaning and complaining. It's what we do all the time. We just went through Thanksgiving. I mean, you're looking at it and you're going, oh my gosh, this is awesome, awesome. You even thank God for the meal. And after it's over, you're going, oh my gosh, I ate too much. And that's what happens. You eat and eat and eat. and You're here to win people to Christ. However God chooses you to do it. The light, God says, rise in this darkness. You might retire from your job, which is fine, but you don't retire from God's calling. You can't retire from the calling. Please tell me how to get the grace. Please. Sorry, I'm retired. I did that for 30 years at New Hope. Sorry. Wouldn't you think God would be going, what's the matter with you? Isaiah 62.1 tells us this. For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. That's what you're supposed to. You're supposed to go forth as brightness, absolute brightness. 
Oh, it'll turn a bunch off. But there'll be those that are crawling towards you now even, that you don't even see them. They're still so far out in the dark, in the muck and the mire of the way they lived and what they thought and what was told was fun. And they're crawling to you. Maybe even some don't even have all their limbs working anymore, making their way to you. Soon you will see them. God said the Gentiles are going to come to you. And your job is to bring them to the house of God where they can get a shower of God's love and the warmth of his word, fellowship with people who believe and who will love them and cleanse them and clothe them, put a ring on their finger and make a feast for them to grow in the things of God. It's your job. God says, I will not cease until the righteous thereof go forth as brightness. Go forth as brightness, not in your brightness, not in your scale, not in your talents, but in the brightness of God coming upon you. 2 Timothy 4, 5 tells us this, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. Now, don't fall into the American Christian. Well, I'm not an evangelist. I'm a teacher. I'm not an evangelist or a teacher. I'm a pastor. Are you a Christian? So should a Christian share their faith? That's what he's talking about. Do the work of that. Do that work. But look what it says before that. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Endure them. Hang in there through them. Keep trudging through one foot after another. For whatever reason, keep going through. Endure them. Not give up, not back off. So this is too heavy. Every time I try to do something for God, endure them. This is what the Word of God says. Ministry is just like life. There are afflictions to bear. Isn't life? I mean, life is just not a bowl of cherries all the time. Most of the time, it's, it's good if you find one good cherry. And so when you get into the ministry, it's just the way it is. And for some, this is a disturbing thought because they think that the ministry, everything should be wonderful all the time. Well, it's not. It wasn't wonderful for your Lord. And God says, what they've done to me, they'll do to you because they hate me. So God says, endure it. And the reason why you've got to endure because there's another one crawling to you that sees the light and is trying to make their way to the light that's on you. Some friend, some distant friend, some old school buddy, somebody. I'm on Facebook for one reason. I didn't play games and talk to you. It's to reach out to wherever they're at. And just this week, just this week alone, two from 1967 when I graduated from high school. Be a friend. I said, yes. One I hardly knew and didn't like. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really not into, hey, how's life? How you kid? You married? How many kids you got? Oh, wow. No, I want him to see what I'm putting on there. See if I get any response about God. I'm fishing. Facebook is the greatest fishing pole there is. I do. It, it, it's what it, fish. Let them start to crawl. 
Sometimes I snicker and wonder when I see the names of my old friends. And I, when I Facebook, yes, they can see everything about me. I wonder if they're laughing when they're thinking, him? A pastor? Are you kidding? So what? So what? Maybe just one of them's crawling, and I don't know it yet. Oh, I didn't get any great response from them. That's all right. So endure these afflictions. That's just the way it is. Ministry is not just one beautiful spiritual experience after another after another. It's just not. It's not. Neither is life. There are plenty of wonderful blessings in serving God. Singing in that choir this morning was a blessing. I could hardly keep still. It was just so awesome to be singing and feeling the presence of God and glorifying God with a group of believers. So that's, that's a wonderful blessing I just went through this morning. But there are also afflictions that I'm going to have to endure to get through it. So what? They mock you and don't like you. So what? So God tells us to do the work of the evangelist and endure afflictions. Then it goes on and says, make full proof of thy ministry. Again, don't click into Christian American church. Ministry? I don't have a ministry. I don't get paid to do nothing. I don't. You were all God's priests. You were all be about the Father's business. You're all in the ministry. Just like, again, I can't help but go back to the book. Remember the guy walks in and goes, Ruthless, ruthless, what are you doing here? He goes, yeah, you're right, I was rude. But I got saved one week before I died, and God gave me a new name called Reconciled. Remember that part of the, the book, Aphabel? Make full proof of thy ministry. That means things that have been accomplished. Accomplished. Things that have been accomplished. Look, I should be barking at Sunday morning about this. For a church this size to keep struggling and falling over youth, over uh, um, children's ministry, needing teachers, needing a teen teacher, needing people for our nursery. What? What? What are you doing? Well, I don't have any kids. So what? You don't have any kids. Make full proof. Are you going to stand before God and God and say, you couldn't grab one little kid and rock? One little child that I knew before I placed him in this mother's womb, you couldn't hold my child? I mean, seriously. Make full proof. It's, that means like it's like putting an apple tree in your, in your front yard and finally it bears apples. And you can have the fruit thereof. It completed what it was planted for. So God tells us, man, do the work of an evangelist, endure inflictions, and make full proof of thy ministry. Finish what you started. Oh my gosh, we are excellent starters. Are you Mark? You ready? Bam. It's the truth. Does anybody finish anything anymore? Paul said in 2 Timothy 4 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. That's what I want to say when I get in front of God. Or I want God to tell me, you have finished. I'm going, oh, yes, 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 yes. I did it. I did it. I've had many coaches, many sports, from running and track, which I loathe, 
from baseball to basketball, all kind of sports, all my life. And you had to train all the time and run forever. Run, 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 run. And the coach would go ballistic on those who just quit. And if I come in three hours after everybody, he might say something to me, but at least he knew I finished. Those he find out quitting or walking across the field, he'd go ballistic over. Paul said, I finished. The church becomes so handicapped for people not finishing, bailing out, quitting, burned out. How can you get burned out serving God? We do. Paul says, I have fought this good fight. Verse 4 from our original text in Isaiah said, Lift up thy eyes round about. Man, we are the blindest people in the world. We can't see an opportunity if it screams in our face. I don't know why that is, God. I keep saying, open the eyes of my heart. Blow past them like, oh my gosh. And so Isaiah is saying to you and I, in these last days that we're supposed to arise in gross darkness, man, pay attention. Lift up your eyes. Lift up thy eyes round about and see, see. All they gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy son shall come from afar, and thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. They're coming, even though they can hardly crawl, crawling through the booze and the pornography and the muck and the traditions of what they were told as children. They're crawling. We don't even see them. God, open up our eyes. Lift up my eyes round about and see God. God's saying, they're gonna, I'm going to gather themselves together, and they're going to come to thee, and thy son shall come from afar, and thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. The Lord is going to grant you divine appointments. They're going to come crawling to you, wounded, despised, stinky, and stenched, and filthy talk, maybe. And we don't even see that God has made him come to you. You go, oh, don't talk. Oh, he talks about bad. I don't want to be around him. Do you remember the term divine appointments? You're going to run into people, whether you know them or not, and it will be a divine appointment for you to speak into their life, set up by God. Set up. Pray to God that you don't walk right over because you don't see them. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine God rewinding your life and watching you and I walk all over these that are going, help, help. Because in the natural, we don't see it. And in the spiritual, we don't get it. But God is saying to you, arise. And my light will shine. And they'll come. Just like in my dream and my natural, I thought, oh, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Remember, we used to say not that long ago, what's the odds of that happening? And what would we say? Uh, with God? Pretty good. You think of all the weird circumstances and how they worked out and how all this odd stuff happened. It couldn't possibly happen, yet it happened in your life. How'd that happen? Luck? Coincidence? God did that. 
God just did his powerful stuff that he does in our lives. And it worked out. It's God doing it. And if you don't take something like this to heart, you'll miss them. You'll miss them crawling to you. You'll miss them. God even tells us and kind of warns us in John, say not ye. Well, in about four months, I'll be ready for this, Pastor. In about four months, I'll try that fishing on Facebook thing. But he says in John, say not ye that there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I I say unto thee, lift up your eyes and look unto the fields, for they are white already to harvest. So in the natural farmers, everything has blossomed, everything has grown, the fruit's out there, and now it's December. And you go back to the fruit, what's happened to it? It died. Tomatoes weren't picked, they're frozen. Stuff has died. That which was flourishing and ready to be plucked, the harvest, died. And that's what God is saying here. Lift up your eyes. See this stuff. Look, the harvest is ready. It's white now. It's ready now. <clears throat> 2 Kings 6.17 says, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee open his eyes. I think this was Gehazi, right? Gehazi, Gehazi. Because he was panic-stricken. He saw nothing but the enemy, the gloom, the darkness, the growth darkness. And Elijah, Elisha said, man, open, open his eyes, God. Open his eyes. And that's what we, we constantly got to have our eyes open. Constantly got to be praying that because our eyes just seem to harden. They seem to just get dry. No weeping anymore, no compassion from the eyes. We just kind of miss it. We can miss it all the time. And so God, so Elisha was praying and said, Lord, I pray you've got to open his eyes that he may see. I can tell you all have eyes. But do we see? just way back, if I go back 32 years, and if you were sitting there with me, I don't know what you'd be doing if I explained my whole circumstances. You might start weeping with me because it's just so bad. It's just, it's impossible. And God did it. Through that verse he gave me, I'm going, what? At first I went, oh my gosh. I'm going to run to my wife and tell her this. Look, honey, the glory of the Lord's risen upon me had a dark, devastating time. Yet God was calling it as it was, even before I could see it. And it happened. Same thing now. As you're looking behind me through those two big windows, it's black out there. And you're going, it's kind of a nice message. It's pretty good, but I don't know. Did you hear O'Reilly yesterday? Oh, my gosh. But that's what God does. Arise in the darkness. Let them see the light upon you. And please, not fake light. It's got to be the true light of God. Not fake fire. Remember the phony fire they tried and God consumed them. And that's what God's starting to do in our nation. Consume all the fake churches. And fake, and he needs to. 
needs to consume them because they're misleading hundreds, if not thousands. So God tells you as his people, stop saying, in four months I'll help, three months I'll try. He says, I say, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And that Elisha prayed, and I'll pray as Pastor God, open our eyes that we can see. Please, Lord, open them. God, I know I have eyes, and I know I can look in the mirror and see myself, God. I know I can see, but Lord, I can't see. When I look at this and hear what you're saying, I'm understanding I don't see. God, I need you to open my eyes. Jeremiah tells us, Hear now this, O foolish people, and without understanding, which have eyes and see not. That is the majority of churches. That is the majority of Christians. That is the majority of pastors. Have eyes and see not. So it can happen. I don't want to be one of them. I don't want to be one of those people. And in the natural, I lean heavy that way. So do you, because all we see is me, myself, and I. And when, when this finally happens, when the light of God is seen upon us, verse 5, then thou shalt see and flow together, and thy heart shall fear. Man, there is nothing greater than a church flowing together, hitting on all eight cylinders like it should. Instead of always being hitting and missing and, and bickering and moaning and, and, and blowing black smoke and hardly getting anywhere, consuming more gas than you should and just hitting, bam, 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 for God. No one murmuring, no one complaining. What can I do for God? Count me in. I'll be there. Hitting, hitting for God. Oh, when we all flow together. Oh, my gosh. Thou shalt see and flow together, and thy heart shall fear and be enlarged. Oh, my gosh, I tell God that a lot. God, I need a bigger heart. I need a bigger heart, God. This one I got can turn on me quickly. This one I got can be selfish. This one I got has been wounded a bunch, God. I need a bigger one. I need another one. I need a bigger heart, God so I can do more stuff for you. Not back off from doing them, but so I can do more, so I can see more, and I can understand more. Thou shalt see and flow together, and thy heart shall fear and be enlarged. And here's why. Because the abundance of the sea, the abundance of the sea is the lost. People that are lost. Because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee, and the forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. How, what, when, what, me, us, I'm a nobody. That's what God uses. He uses nobodies. He uses an axe head that sinks. He uses a donkey to speak. He uses things like that so he gets the glory. God says, you just got to stand there and I'll let my light shine on you. And this is what he's looking for, people that will do this. The Lord wants to open the floodgates of souls for us to take care of. 
to nurture, to feed, to burp, to change, to teach them to walk in the things of God, to take their first ride in God. Go, go! Not just sit there waiting for someone to do it. When God tells me, oh my gosh, he's told us. I hear that all the time. Oh, when God speaks to me, ah, duh, he has. Here's what God, God, Isaiah 54, 2. Look what he says. Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thy inhabitants. Spare not, spare not. Just don't say, well, you know, this is all I can afford. Spear not. Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. God says, go ahead, do it. Do it. Go out further, further, further. And you're going, you look back and it goes, further, further. Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thy inhabitants. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. Do this thing right. Don't build it and stretch it out on shaky foundations. Strengthen. Drive those stakes deeper in the word of God as I bring more to you. Verse 3 says, For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. People's lives are destitute. No life, no hope. God is calling you to speak life into them. To sow the seed of God and to water it with the love and the mercy of God and the truth of God. To bring habitation back to that which is barren and wilderness. I've showed you pictures of Jerusalem. Desert, 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 desert. Green, lush fields. That's what God wants. The desert, desert, barren, barren lives of people. All of a sudden, poof, when they hear the word of God and you tend it and keep that going told you for a long time, long time, long time, half the churches in the United States hasn't won a soul to Christ. Every year, that's a statistic. Half of them. What is there, 100 churches in Zanesville? 50 of them have not won a person to God. And what are they doing? Verse 4 says this, Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed. This is cool because you know what? I'm tired of being ashamed. I don't know if you understand that, but I sometimes look at the church and I think, oh, jeez. You know, or, or some silly goof on TV like the bozo that shot it at the White House and he said he was Christ or he was a Christian. I'm like, oh, jeez. Or some other pastor, well-known face all over TV, ends up being a goof. I'm going, oh, jeez. And I forget the show that Ruth and I taped. They're just old shows and a lot of times, they're, they got all these different names for pastors. I can't stand any of them. Reverend, and, oh, I can't even, Padre, all these stupid names. And no matter what it is in the movie, we look at each other and say, he's the crook. And he always is. He's either too gutless, spineless, wishy-washy, on the take, or did the murder. And I'm going, oh, jeez. Because that's just ashamed all the time. Shamed of myself at times. And he goes, there's coming a time thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded. For thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth. And man, I can't wait for that. 
And thou shalt not remember the reproach of widowhood anymore. It almost seems at times it's like God's divorced us. And we know that's not true, but sometimes it feels like that. Because of the dispensation we're in and the gross darkness and the foolishness behind pulpits and, oh, the playing with the Word of God. I don't know how God has not divorced us. And so that's what it feels like, shame and disgrace and humiliation. No more, God says. No more. No more. The church is going to rise up from its ashes and be used by Almighty God once again. You're the ones coming up out of the ashes. You're the ones. And God's going to shine his light on me. If you stay true to the calling and if you endure the afflictions and not just cry because something went wrong or somebody didn't like you. This is what the Lord wants to do. Verse 5 says this, For thy maker is thy husband. I'm thinking, oh, cool. The enemy might tell me God doesn't love me. He might tell me that, he's, that I'm divorced, that God is dumped. He doesn't want nothing to do with me. But then I read verse 5, and God says, that's not true. That's not true. God says, for thy maker is thy husband. God is my husband. What I try to be to Ruth, God is to me even better. Absolutely better. He said, for thy, for thy maker is thy husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth shall he be called. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. No matter how dark, no matter how gross the darkness, God is my husband, my provider, my protector, my caregiver, my lover. God is. This is what the Lord wants for this church. To call you to this. To call you to endure afflictions. Because it's an anti-Christ, God-hating spirit. To endure it. To rise up in the midst of this filth and let the light of God shine on thee. To God give you eyes to see, to let you see them crawling. Those that are despised and those crawling to the light like you're their last hope. That's where God puts light in darkness. This is what he wants to accomplish. This is what he wants us to accomplish for him. When his attention comes to Muskingum County, the state of Ohio, I want God to be able to say, I got a church there. I got people there that will stand. It's time to shine my glory. Daniel 12, 3 sums it up. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. God says that's what you'll be. By adhering to this message, by enduring, by fulfilling your ministry, God says you choose to be wise. You're choosing to be wise. And those that choose to be wise, God says they'll shine as the brightness of the firmament, like the sun, 10,000 degrees burning up there. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever 
and ever. Man, yes. Yes, God. To be able to be a star in the vastness of God's expanse, shining for him forever and ever. Yes, yes. James 5.19 says, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and we do, and one convert him, and we should be, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death. What's greater to do than that? What, what else is there that you'd rather be doing? Fishing in Florida? God will give you time to go down there, and while you're down there, maybe you say, hey, man, how you doing? Jesus can't catch nothing. And you lead the thing to God. Look at that. Let him know. Let the person know that's out there. That you bring someone to Christ and nurture them, and they keep going. It's like when you push your child off the bike, and he's going, you're like, oh, my gosh. And then he's going, and you're going, like, yeah. That's what it would be in the things of God. You're going, oh, man, go. Go for God. And God says, let that person know who gave him the shove. And the care when he went, boom. And he, oh, you'll be all right, man. God forgives. Just get up. He said, let that person know that he which converteth a sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. In light of the last few messages, in light of deceived screaming, please. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. You see, this morning, I think I was talking about daily bread and daily sugar. And we're sugar freaks. We, we love that stuff. But do you understand? This is really the sweet stuff of God. When you had an opportunity, whether you even succeeded or not, of bringing someone all the way aboard on Christ, but when you had him, and maybe even at the end he got off, you're so pumped, you just come back. To, Man, I was leading. I was talking about this guy. just was great. That's the sugar in God. That's the sweetness. In serving God. I believe that God has called new hope right here to arise in gross darkness. To arise. Maybe in fear and trembling, so be it, but to arise and let the light of God shine on thee. And let God speak to the wounded and lost and dying Gentiles. Look. There's light over there. Go to it. And just like the wise men, they rode and rode and rode and rode and rode until they said, it's Christ. That's what God wants to do through you and with you. Let's pray, and then we're going to open up the altars. God, again, Lord, the sowing of the word. Father, please, let it fall on fertile soil, even my heart, oh God, please. And Lord, let it take root. Lord, not shallow root, because the the sun of tribulation will come. And trials, Lord, it will come. Lord, we need root deep down inside us 
to endure the afflictions, to endure the personal attacks, to endure the disappointments, to endure the heartaches, to endure the false brethren, to endure everything. God, let us make full proof of our ministry. Let us come to you with fruit. God, baskets and baskets full of fruit with our time here on earth. And Lord, let us start today in this group of people, Lord, who felt the urgency to come back to the house of God. Lord, as they come to this altar, speak to them. You are their personal Savior, their God, their Redeemer. You speak to them, Lord, as they come. In Jesus' name, amen. Our altars are open. If you would like to come, spend some time just speaking, talking to God. Sometimes we have to refocus and juggle our priorities. They get out of whack. <laughs>